Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Books, the Hidden Gems author podcast, which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, uh, get down and dirty with some special guests uh, to discuss the intricacies, the ins and outs of this crazy business of self-publishing that we're in. And today we have a very special guest who we're extremely excited to chat to. It's Mickey Mickelson, who is the owner of Creative Edge Publicity, who is an author publicist, helping authors get the word of their book and word of what they're, they're doing out there to a broader audience. So Mickey, thank you so much for joining us how are you doing this morning i'm good and thank you both so much for having me on the show this is exciting and um just looking forward to this that is wonderful and of course we wouldn't be uh, having this podcast without the man himself craig touch the owner and founder of hidden <laughs> gems and an author himself craig how are you doing this morning i'm doing great thanks roland um and yeah thanks for, for coming on mickey we were um i talked to you the other day and and um we were discussing some of the things you you do for authors and that's why I wanted to have you on because um, as we were talking about, like I could be wrong, but you know, out of almost every author I've ever worked with or, or spoken with, almost none of them have had a publicist and, or have worked with a publicist unless they were in some way involved in traditional publishing. And so I think that this is just um, something that not a lot of self-publishers, uh, self-published authors think of as an option for them. And um, it is, right? I mean, you, you most of your, or a lot of your clients are self-published um, and you deal with them with self-published authors all the time. And so I wanted to um, make sure that sort of bring, bring the awareness to, to the community that this is an option and and sort of go over what it is you know a publicist will do for them and, and why it would be a benefit for them so um yeah like why don't you just tell us a bit about sort of like uh you know what you do and how you got started and all that stuff sure so i was working in the um executive corporate world for about eight years traveling six days a week helping credit unions with their banking systems and technologies in saskatchewan one of my co-workers wrote a little book. And before I was doing the corporate sector, I actually worked for Chapters Indigo as a special events manager. So she wrote this book and self-published it. And I offered to help her on one of our road trips together. We, uh, we got eight signings in the span of a week and a half. And she's, she was in Alberta with me at the time. Her name is Miranda O. And she actually lives in Winnipeg. And um, after the signings, she went back to Winnipeg and we got signings there for her and something happened out of that. And next thing you know, I had all these other authors, self-published authors contacting me saying, can you get me a book signing here? Can you get me a book signing there? And so this, this company that I, I created creative edge fell in my lap um, for the first year, all of my, my, my base of authors were indie self-published authors and we were getting book signings for them. We were getting them interviews on podcasts, radio, in some cases, TV, all of that. But it was by trial and error for me. And so for the first six to eight months, I didn't charge a dime for my services because I didn't know number one, if number one, the authors were going to get value out of what I was doing. And number two, was this going to be a successful venture um, throughout that? So it was a real trial by error basis. And I made a lot of mistakes initially, 
but I grew from them. And, and now we, we're, well, we were in our sixth year. We have over 100 clients. We represent New York Times bestsellers and USA Today bestsellers and international bestsellers who were indies. So there's definitely a market for this. And there's, there, yeah, that's, that's what I do. So hope that answers the question. I know it's long winded, but. Yeah, no, that that's great. I mean, that's how uh, you know Roland and I started too. In the, well, as as writers, but you know, we, we started when we didn't really know anything. I was I had a similar background, sort of the, the uh, as you. I worked at a you know Fortune. I don't even what what they are Fortune twenty. I don't know company. I was a, a product manager, uh, software developer before that, and you know we started writing when when it was when self publishing was sort of kind of new, you know, back in 2013 or so. And uh, we made tons of mistakes, you know, and we, we just, we learned from them and we grew from them and we, we, we got involved in the community uh, yeah. where everybody was sort of helping each other and, and all that. And uh, you know, that was, that was how it all sort of came to be, which sounds like a, a very similar story to yours. So uh, I like that, you know, you, you grew up, sort of doing this you, you know you grew into to this through through doing it through um working with the authors figuring out what works before you even charge which is also how i used to how i launch new products i you know or new services i i generally do them for free first to make sure that there is value there so i totally exactly. understand yeah yeah and i mean for the first four years in the business uh, creative edge was a part-time thing i still have my my full-time job i didn't go full-time until, until september of 2019 and that's when we grew our client base. We went, I think, from 42 authors to about 86 in the span of a month and a half. It was wow. crazy. Crazy yeah. growth. Do you know yeah, what yeah. I like about that? I remember when I started, because uh, Craig and I know each other, because I started a business very much like his, just not not as as good. And I did the <laughs> same thing of starting it off and uh, running it for free for a long time. Because I think the thing that appeals to me about that story that I know is very important to Craig, it was important to me. It's like, we wanted to provide value. We didn't want to take people's money without providing value. And it seems like that's something you, you got to a stage where you were like, I am providing value. So now I need to start charging. And that's just actually it. And I mean, I didn't create this business to make a ton of money. There's a, a preconception out there that publicists are lazy, that they make false promises that they promise the world with book sales, that they do all these great things for authors, but then they actually don't do them. They just tell the authors they're doing them. And I didn't want to run my business that way. I, anybody I sign or anybody I work with, I want them to have value and get value out of that relationship with me. And if they can't get that, then it's best to walk away and shake hands and say it was a mutual disagreement or a mutual, it doesn't work. So... Yeah, I don't want to be one of those publicists. I want to provide value always. Yeah, and that that's great. I I that's the way I like to because there are there we've talked about this before. There's so many um, people out there that prey on self publishers specifically because so yeah. many times they have no idea what they're doing. They wrote a book and that's all they know, <laughs> and then they go and they try to market it. They don't know anything. They go to these services that people create that tell them you're going to do all these things and charge a ton of money and then, then nothing happens and they go nowhere. And then usually that's when I hear from them. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, right. I mean, like exactly. You know, I, I love that that's sort of your motto too. So I mean, it is absolutely. Um, so what kind of things, 
do you do? So you mentioned uh, book signings and podcast interviews. Um, so what kind of things do you do? I, I think that, um, you know, for a lot of authors, they don't even do that kind of stuff. Uh, self-published authors, right? Like most of the self-published authors are concentrating on their eBooks. So they're probably not doing book signings. Um, you know, I don't, so they do, some do podcast interviews. I mean, we're, we, we're trying to get a bunch of them on, but I think most of the time, a lot of self-published authors don't really do them. Um, and, you know, these are, I guess, things that they're missing out on, right? Yeah. So part of my process, if I can talk about that, is mm-hmm. we're, we're focusing on building our authors' brands, where a lot of mistakes that self-published authors make, and actually, I guess, in some traditional senses, too, is marketing and interviews and all that scaling is about the book. It's about the current book. And we've taken a completely different stance on that. When I'm promoting an author on an interview, podcast, radio, TV, whatever, show, whatever, our goal is to boost the signal of the author's branding in place. So the book is a byproduct of that, but really it's about creating that persona for that author so that we can not only promote the current book they're they're working on or just releasing, but we also want to be able to promote their backlist. And, and we've been able to provide coverage. For example, I represent Tosca Lee, who's a New York Times bestseller. We've been actively promoting her last duology for over two years. She had a magazine cover last month on a book that was written in 2018. And that wouldn't have happened had we been promoting the book only, whereas we're instrumental in promoting the author branding piece. And, and by doing that, we're focusing on book-related blogs, book-related content, and then and then double pitching back and, and getting some general content as well. And we do that with every one of our members of our team. That's what we do in our process. And it's worked worked really, really, really well. That's really fascinating because I guess part of the thing is to, to be a successful self-published author, you can't just have one book. You have to have multiple books and then brand comes into it to a certain extent. That's right. The, the danger, though, is, is the authors, indie authors, who are pumping out a book every single month and expecting that the media are going to see that as a quality aspect, when in reality they don't. So when I'm working with my team, I tell my authors, I'm going to promote two books a year maximum. That's it. If you want to write 10 books, I'm okay with it. I don't want to know about it. You tell me the two books you want me to focus on, and we're going to focus on those two. Because we want the media to see that there's actual quality. And from a media aspect, even mainstream media like CBC or Fox News, they're not going to think an author is putting out a quality product. They're pumping out a book every single month. So that affects the branding piece. Yeah. End of the day. I think Sorry some, if I cut you off, Roland, but yeah. I think some genres um, sort of are probably worse for that than others. I mean, you know, I know a lot of romance writers will yeah. publish uh, much faster and um, more frequently than most other uh, genres. Um, and, I, and I get that, right? Like, it, I don't, I'm not. Listen, I wrote a lot of romance books. That's what I was writing. And I'm so I'm not saying this in a disparaging way, but there is often less um, complicated storyline and plots to a romance. There's uh, that, that, you know, so it's easier to put them out 
faster than if you were writing a complicated thriller or building a fantasy world or whatever. Like, you know, obviously there's some romances that, you know, are more in depth, but a lot of them, you know, they, they, especially, you know, people are writing, you know, their series of connect interconnected characters. And so each book just uh, takes another characters that have already been introduced. So you have a lot of that built already. It's easier to keep writing faster than, um, than, you know, building out a whole big, you know, Game of Thrones type world. Uh, Absolutely. So, so I I get that, but it makes sense, right? Like, you know, you're, you're not going to, use your public uh, publicist to promote a book every month for you. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. People start, stop listening to it. They will. And, and it takes media between three and six months for any kind of trajectory to actually take full effect of that. So if you're focusing on that many books, um, number one, the media are not only going to get tired of hearing from you, they're also going to get confused. And the general readership of wherever you are are also going to get confused. So it's better to have a platform for one book and one branding piece at at any given point and then leverage that for as long as you possibly can before that next book comes out. And it's all about building blocks, leveraging small opportunities to medium opportunities to ultimately large-scale opportunities over a longer period of time. That's what's most effective, or at least it has been for our team. I can see the value. It's like I've written a series um, and I continue to write this series. It's almost like if you focused on that first book in that series – once you get those people in there, then, you know, the benefit of publishing on a regular basis works out because if you can hook them on that first series, they'll continue reading. Exactly. So, I mean, you guys just had JP McLean on, right? Yes. Talk about her stuff. So with her case, because I represent her, we got reviews on her newest books, but because that was all well and good, we were able to backtrack and build her on her branding and get reviews for her entire backlist as well. And so that creates even more buzz because now it's a uniformed approach where all of our books are being reviewed and it shows value to the media to say, wow, look at this person. She's got reviews here, 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 here. And it just creates demand and, and process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm curious, though, like when you're promoting this, uh, promoting people, uh, you know, often there is uh maybe it's changing um but you know there's a, there's often been sort of a um yeah, like a uh, um a negative view of self publishers versus traditional publishers in yeah. the media and uh you know and and stuff where they think that you know uh self publishers are less than you know uh traditional publishers do you see any of that when you're trying to promote self-publishers i did originally but because we've been doing this for so long now any any author that i represent will give pretty much the same kind of an interview in terms of attitude personality energy and ethics so and what i mean by that is i've had new york times bestsellers on national tv and they put on stellar interviews because of their accolades and everything else that they they bring to the table. I've also had indies on those same programs, but we always lead with those New York Times bestsellers first to create that buzz. And then those indies come on and they're pretty much giving the same kind of an interview scope because number one, we coach to that. And number two, any creative edge author is going to be able to put out a good stellar high energy interview that they're going to share 
in multiple platforms to create buzz and give credit back to that media space. That's the first prompt attack. The second prompt attack is I'm not going to sign a self-published author whose books look handmade, whose books aren't properly formatted or aren't properly edited. If I don't like the cover of one of the authors who is wanting to work with me, I'm going to tell that individual, we can sign you, but we're going to change these covers because they're not marketable. So any self-published author that I work with, their their product is vibrant. It's eye-catching, and that goes back to their headshots and their media aspects. Everything is going to be professionally done and look professional, and that helps to hurt like affect the mantra of of the traditional self-publishing idea where we don't want them because they're self-published. It's it's all about professionalism. So yeah. That's great. And you know that that it's funny, that's something that that uh I think is really important. It's like if you have a bad product, it doesn't matter how much money and effort you put behind marketing it, it's not gonna sell it. Even if it's a good product but isn't packaged correctly. And that's what we were discussing with Joanne, wasn't it? It's like you know, her what? cover was great and she put a lot of effort into it, except it wasn't right for what she was trying to achieve. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I represent an author. Her name is Nicole Fanning. When I first signed her, she was really prevalent on TikTok and she's got a lot of presence on that medium, right? But her covers were homemade. And so I tried to pitch them to some places and I heard crickets. I heard nothing. So I told Nicole, I said, look, if you're serious about becoming what you want to become, we need to change your image and we need to change what's happening here. So she paid and got better looking covers and better photo shots. And we relaunched the books. Next thing you know, she's on TV three times. She's on national TV in Canada and she's a U.S. author. And she's getting guest posts on places like Crime Reads Lit Hub and, and places like that. So one little tweak in the image can change and make such an impression and such a difference on, on how you're marketing your books. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because this is now like the third, I think, episode we're going to be putting out in a row where we're talking about the importance of a good cover. So if people aren't getting it by this point, I don't know what else we can do. <laughs> it's so you important. Know? It's so uh, important. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. You We spoke about how there's this perception that self-published books are inferior to traditionally published books. Yeah. And I will say there's the breadth of self-published books. And there is a lot of stuff that just isn't at the same level. And traditional publishing kind of you could have an expectation of a certain level of quality. But I mean, especially in romance, it's like all of the successful authors these days are self-published because self-published authors make so much more money, have so much more executive control over things. And their products, I would argue, the the best romance authors are far superior to traditionally published romance authors. And I think this is a perception that is changing. It is changing. And and I said this on a previous interview at another outlet, but I basically said self-published authors deserve to be on the same stage as traditionally published authors, provided they're willing to do the work, they're willing to get their branding out, they're willing to to spend some money to, to get the covers vibrant and their headshots vital and, and update all of that. If they're willing to do all that stuff and, and actually see this as a career and something that they want to do, why wouldn't they be will, be willing to or have they earned the right to share the same stage as some of those other multiple award winners and such? They do. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you're, uh, if it, let's say a new client came to you and um, 
you know, they said that I want you to, to promote my book. What sort of thing do you look at? Um, obviously, you know, they're covers, like, you know, their book has to be well packaged. Um, do you take any genre? Like, what are the genres that you mainly do? And, and what are the other sort of factors that would weigh into whether you take people or do you just take anybody, you know, if their book looks good? I, I sign authors based on the personality of, of that author and what they're looking to do. Um, I typically will have an hour-long conversation with anybody who's looking to work with me, and we discuss what their vision is. We discuss all kinds of things. And to make sure that, number one, they fit with me personality-wise, but also with the 100-plus team that I have because it's all a cohesive community. And so if you can't match with that, you're going to fail end of the day. So that's what I typically do. Um, I do look at every genre and my process has been effective in virtually every genre. I've had the same success promoting a self-help book as I have a fantasy or a horror book. It's the same process overall, but it works in multiple genres because of, of how we're building out the author branding rather than focusing on the book itself. And that's the success ratio, if that makes right. any sense. So if I have an author who tells me in the initial interview, you're going to get me on Oprah. I'm likely not going to sign that person because that's false expectations. But if they're going to say to me, I want to be on some smaller podcasts and graduate to some medium radio shows and then ultimately TV. And it's a fit. That's someone I would like to look at. So is Oprah even on anymore? I don't know. I'm just, I think you're showing she's it. She's my go-to for big names. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think that, um, you know, I was talking to an author the other day. I was, I was, uh, I had a call with an author about promoting, or she was asking me questions about how to promote her um, book. Where it was, she's written, she had written, I think, some romances well, well in the past, um, but this time she had written something under a different pen name that, um, and it was like more of a historical book. And she was asking about um, different ways that she could, uh, you know, boost her sales and this and that, and. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about some of those factors and, and the idea that she would have to or, you know, maybe she should try to reach out to, uh, you know, blogs or podcasts or, or stuff where that that cover her topic um, and sort of as a way to get awareness from readers that she's written this book. And this was sort of like, you know, before I really knew much about publicists, but that sounds like, you know, I was basically telling her to do your job herself, <laughs> which I'm sure would be yeah. more cost efficient, but it would be much harder. Uh, she probably wouldn't know where to go. Um, and you have sort of probably a lot of contacts and you know all the places where that work and don't work for the different genres, right? So in that sense, it's probably a lot easier to go uh, the publicist route. I think it creates legitimacy for the author when they can say that they have a publicist and let that publicist do the marketing for them and let them focus on what they're supposed to be doing, which is writing their books and getting those products out. Um, we've made lots of personal connections with media internationally. And the way we've done that is we don't treat the media like commodities. We get to know them as people and develop interpersonal relationships and and it gets to the point where if i'm sending an author to a show or i'm pitching an author to a show those shows know the kind of authors that i'm going to be sending them because they've interviewed them multiple multiple times 
And if it's always been a positive experience, there's a more high chance of getting that individual on as well because they've had positive from the from the back aspect. So, right, right, that makes sense. Um, so, if somebody came to you with, I, I imagine a lot of these things are going to be specific though to the genre and topic, right? Um, there's depending I mean, on the depending on the outlet, correct? We we yeah. pitch to specific genre related um, aspects media. And then we also pitch to general aspects like CTV or CBC in Canada or Fox, because those are all general, like they're not science fiction or horror based. So, right. Yeah. So they have segments where they would talk about like books. Uh, is that what you mean? Or, or like, or just, you know, interview them on the morning news program or, or, or a segment on that. So there, there's a lot of very general reader focused shows in Canada and the States and actually in the UK too, where they'll bring on any genre and talk about that. But then we also hit the very specific things like science fiction. We'll, we'll hit file 770 and, and, and locust magazine and things like that. So just a FYI. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you were, what, what is the, I don't know if everybody works the same in your industry or, or not, but if, um, if the author wanted to sign with a publicist, like what are they looking at in terms of like what it would cost them? Because, you know, with self-publishers, a lot of the time they don't have a lot of money and the newer they are, the more likely they are to be on a tighter budget. Um, so is it something that they can afford to do or is it something they can't afford not to do well i i don't know what other publicists charge i can only talk about what my pricing process is so the way i work every type of opportunity is individually priced so a tv interview is going to be a certain dollar amount a radio interview is going to be a certain dollar amount a press release post a blog post everything is individually priced and i bill on a monthly basis for my, for my clients. If they don't get anything booked for that month, they don't get an invoice for that month. They only pay when something's actually booked and the link has been sent out. Um, so we add everything up and let's just say, for example, that everything adds up in a given month to $1,000. What we do then is we actually negotiate a time of contract, a maximum cap that that author is obligated to pay in a given month. And so that could be between just ballparking hypothetically, it could be between $150 and $500 a month. So if that author in the first new release month gets $1,000 worth of coverage, but their cap is $500, then they're only going to be charged $500 for that month and everything else is free. Go ahead eight months and let's say I'm only able to get them on one radio show or one blog post and that adds up to $65. Well, their cap is 500, but because I only got them on a show that equals $65 for that month, I'll be invoicing $65 because I don't want authors to feel like they're getting ripped off and I don't want them to pay for things that they're not getting booked. It doesn't make any sense to me hypothetically. And, and maybe that's why I'm popular and I've signed a lot of people because of the way my pricing structure is, because there's no risk. If the author doesn't get anything booked, they don't pay me anything. So it's very, very results focused. Okay. Can you give me a, a, a range of sort of prices again? I know you just mentioned a, you know, a, a radio spot was $65. What would be like a TV spot or something like that? 
It depends on the pricing point, but I, I typically between charge between 50 and 65 for a local local show. And then I'll be pay between, if it's a national show, you're probably looking at about 100 to 120. What about Joe Rogan? <laughs> What's that? Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, that'll be a thousand dollars. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would probably be between the hundred and hundred twenty dollar range, depending. And then there's out of pocket costs as well. Like there's certain magazines that require payments up front. So I will I will pay for those spots initially, and I'll just charge back to my clients if they want those. But I always give them the option if they want or don't want. So. I mean, that's, that actually seems the reason. I know that the first question I had is like, okay, you sound great. As an author, how much are you going to charge? And what do we get out of it? It seems like you have a very transparent approach to that, which I think is refreshing. I do. And actually, and the reason I do that is because I've seen that publicity, and this might be a negative comment, but publicity may not equal to book sales. That's what marketing and Amazon ads and BookBub features and book promotions are for, is to leverage the book sales piece. The publicity piece is to build out your author branding and create and get people to know who you are as an author. That may not equal sales per se, but it is going to, at the end of the day, help with the entire process of of formatting and, and boosting your books. I imagine if you get a spot on... Uh, you know, a national television show, you're likely going to be selling some books, right? Like, I can't imagine that's not going to turn into some kind of sales. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that, Craig, because I work with an author who was featured on the Today Show, and they tracked the hits they had from that show compared to some reader-focused blogs that they were on. They actually got more hits with those reader-focused blogs than they did the Today Show. Because really, the Today Show, you're reaching a huge mass of people. But is that mass of people going to actually care about that author and their book? Or are they simply just watching because it's the Today Show that's on every day and they, you know, so. Yeah, you know what? So that's like the Facebook ads versus Amazon ads problem, right? Where Facebook, you put an ad on Facebook and it goes to everybody who's on Facebook, regardless of whether they read or not. And sure, you can dial in your audience, but you're still reaching a ton of people that are not interested in reading your book or any book. And then there's the Amazon ads where it's really just being shown to people that are on Amazon to buy books, uh, looking at other books and they're seeing your ad come up. So it's, it's a much more targeted ad um, than than Facebook, which is why I think a lot of people do better with that kind of ad than a Facebook general ad. Right. Here's an example. Here's an example of that. I, I used to represent a New York times USA today bestseller. And when, when this individual signed with me, she she had before working with me she had interviews with forbes huffington post the guardian um good housekeeping things like that when she worked with me i didn't get her any of that stuff i got her on reader focused smaller podcasts that drive readership and so for that book specifically she actually sold more books working with me on that than she had her last four campaigns where she was on all of these big, big, big media aspects. I didn't get her any big media, but we got her on things that drive, attract readers. So there's a misconception there that people need to understand. Yeah, makes sense. You want to, you know, target the right thing. And that's far better than um, targeting just a bigger thing. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I come from an advertising background and it's so interesting how advertising has evolved. It used to be you'd literally throw throw enough shit at the wall and some of it would stick. <laughs> and now you can get so hyper-focused and that gives you such a better return on investment if you know your it, audience. That's right. And with with our process, we, we do. We tend to focus on smaller opportunities. But those opportunities are catering to writers, book people, and readers. And so it may not have the affluence or the elitism of something like The Guardian or The Globe and Mail, but it's going to attract your markets with your books, which is ultimately what you're supposed to be doing, right? Absolutely. So that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I really like, uh, you know, just to go back for a second, because I got sidetracked before I could say something about it. But I really like the pricing model uh, that you have. I think that oh, thank it's you. more than fair. Um, and I think that for it's within the budget of most authors, uh, you know, they're spending at least that much on promotion, you know, serious authors that are trying to do to really launch a book are spending that much, you know, they're spending half of that on a cover sometimes. So, um, you know, even to take the chance now, when you sign a contract, is there, um, is there some sort of uh, time where, you know, they have to do it for a certain amount of months or is it like they can stop any time or how does that work? I, I sign my contracts a year at a time and they auto renew at the end of that year. So I'm not having to rewrite a contract to negotiate, renegotiate, but um, they can cancel in writing at any time within 30 days. And the reason I don't do shorter contracts is because I believe that it takes a longer time for media to actually results to actually take effect. You're probably looking between six and eight months where the branding is actually going to start to see traction. Um, I worked with two international bestsellers who are indies. I worked for two years with them before they became international bestsellers. If they were to cancel that contract eight months in, that might not have happened because it does take the media aspects time to, to build up those building blocks. So that's how I do it. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. And I, I, I think, um, for, for what you're delivering and, you know, the price points and, and the caps and all that stuff, like, you know, that's the kind of thing that is, like I say, you could, you could do it yourself, okay. but I mean, you could do anything yourself, right. But yeah. can you do it as well as like people, you can make your own covers and a lot of people do and, and not all of them are good. Right. And so it's the same thing. Like you could try and do all that stuff, but it might probably won't be as successful. It'll take you longer. And uh, what authors sometimes have to really consider is um, the time invested to do something yourself and probably not do it as well as an expert versus the money that they would have to spend and what they would lose in uh, writing time. Right. Is is what makes the difference right like if, uh, sure you know i could do all these things myself but it's going to take me all this time that i could spend writing another book and or i could spend a little bit of money and have somebody do it probably better and then go and write my other book right and that's it's, where authors are making their money is on the next book it's so funny that you mentioned that because even within my own client base I've had to have several conversations with my authors around, okay, so you want, you're writing a book 
And now you're reaching out and sending our press release out to all these radio spots and TV spots. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You pay me to do that. It's kind of my job. Like, why are you doing that? And if you are going to do that, why aren't you leveraging and letting these media places, you know that you have a publicist. Because if you don't do that, that hurts your credibility. It hurts your legitimacy and all those things. And, and then their comments are, well, how do we know that we're going to get any results? And then I go, well, I work with 100 authors. Do you think 100 authors would work with me if they weren't getting results? No, I guess not. No. So if you're paying me to be your publicist, then let me be your publicist. Go right. Let me handle this. I think that, that sounds a lot like the the sort of contradiction with um, traditionally published authors. I mean, a traditionally published author, you know, there's going to be a certain level of quality that they have to reach before any actual legitimate publisher will go to them. And I think as, yeah. a, as a publicist, you know, there's a certain level of quality that people know that you are going to be representing, which if it's just an author reaching out to people then they don't they don't necessarily know that. And I know because I remember I had a week where it was like, I'm going to reach out to every single podcast, get interviewed, be <laughs> successful. And everyone was like, we don't care. We don't want to speak to you. Some crazy British guy who wrote. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny, though, you mentioned that, Roland, because even with traditional publishing, the shelf life for a publicist working within Penguin or Hachette on a book is typically between three and six months. After that, they've stopped and they're going to move on to their next project which is why I have some traditionally published authors because those authors know the, the shelf life for whatever they're doing. They're going to get traction on their new release, but they're not going to get traction on the audiobook. They're not going to get traction on the trade paperback and they're not going to get traction after six months. So they hire Mickey and Mickey gets some coverage for two years in the same book. So that's the difference, right? That sounded so New York. You hire Mickey, Mickey's going to get you. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm not the godfather. I'm just it's like, it's, it's reality, really. And it's, yeah, it's, it's reality, right? That's, that's the ruling. And, and that's, the rules are made to be broken. I've always said that. And, and we've broken some. So that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, the transparency of that and the fact that, you know, people can see it all and, and know what they're getting. I, I don't know what the other ones charge and how they I work, no but no I, idea. I imagine it. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm guessing, but I don't think that they work that way. <laughs> that was not my impression that they would work that way. But, um, but it's great that you're, that you're coming on and talking about this because if, a, if an author is looking to get a publicist, you know, they don't have to go to you, but but at no. least now they know what a public what a publicist can do, what they should yeah. be doing, and mm-hmm. what and knowing what you charge in your pricing structure, they can compare that to other people, and it, they'll at least know whether they're you know kind of getting ripped off. Like if they go somewhere and they're like, yeah, you've got to like you know maybe not. Let's not say getting ripped off. Maybe there is still value there. But like if they're going to go somewhere and the person's going to be like, I'm going to charge you $5,000 a year and you got to lock in for a year, you know, like, I don't know, I'm pulling numbers out, right? But well, they can at you. least then compare it to, okay, well, uh, you know, at least this other publicist does it this way. This other one, I don't know, that that seems a little bit odd. And then they can maybe, because if they don't know this, 
they go to somebody and they hear the whatever number theirs is and they think, well, that's what it costs, right? So it's good to have something to compare it to at the very least. So I really appreciate your openness on all that. Oh, for sure. And and to that point, though, Craig, as well, any self-published or even a traditionally published author, if they're considering working with a specific publicist, they should be asking some tough questions. What kind of track record have you got? Can you get me some testimonials? If it is five or 10,000, and I know that some publicists do charge that upfront, what am I getting for that money? And if they say you're going to get press releases on Fox News and NBC and the Today Show and Good Morning America and all these things, in a lot of cases, what happens is that publicists will then take that individual's money. They will then go pay for a newswire to print off press releases internally and then tell the author, yeah, I got you a placement here, 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 and here. The problem with that is they're internal documents only. So the general media, the general public don't see them. The internal people will see them, but what's the chance that they're going to actually take a look at that book? And especially if it's a, a self-published indie with their debut book, is Good Morning America going to call up that individual and ask for an interview? Likely not, to, unless it's a really, really, really riveting story and they see value in that. So it's all about asking tough questions and identifying what your needs and your visions are, which is why we have a one-hour discussion before we even sign a person, because it has to be a mutual fit. If it's not a mutual fit, then there's no point in getting into a partnership because that partnership will just end badly and then bad things happen. Yeah. So I used to work at a radio station. I remember every day we would just have faxes because this, yeah. this was the yeah. early 2000s coming through and you just pick them up and you wouldn't even look at them. Exactly. That's what happens, right? So to that point, Roland, we individualize every pitch that we do. We find out the name of the individual who's heading that department. We will strategize. We'll individualize that email. We'll individualize the press release. I'm sending out on a new release between 300 and 450 different emails to outlets trying to get coverages. I never do an email blast because we want to personalize everything that we do. Yeah, that's really good. I, you know, the the way that, that that works is the way that I think most things in the industry should work. And I wish they did. Because yeah, right? exactly. uh, there's just too many scams up there. And, uh, and, you know, I just, I hear about it all the time. It just, it annoys me when an author comes to me and tells me they spent all this money and they did all these things. And I'm like, you, I mean, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> and like, you know, but, but they, you know, people convince them and they, and they don't know any better, you know? It's like I going think... to, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go right ahead. I was just going to say, it's like going to a vanity press and getting all false promises yeah. about a vanity press, right? Well, I'm going to get my book here if I paid $1,500. Okay, what does that $1,500 actually give you? What is the you, circulation rate? What are they going to be doing for you? Sorry, go oh, yeah. ahead. Well, no, Craig and I have actually, we've encountered bad faith agents who do, I would almost say, like a, a predatory towards self-published authors. I remember yeah. when I had my own ALC business, I would charge authors just $50 for an ALC. And then I found out that one of the, the so-called publicists who was using my service was charging literally hundreds of dollars yeah. for what I was providing. And it just seemed so dishonest. And so, yeah, you're coming here with a lot of credibility, which I think is one of the nice things about the way the world has changed. It used to be publicists were this this 
pie in the sky you didn't really know now we've got the transparency and now we've got authors expecting something for their money and we've got people like you actually deliver on it yeah i mean if an author doesn't want to work with me i'm okay with that because i want to work with i don't want commodity relationships i want long-term interpersonal relationships where they see me as an ally and and a, and a partner in this not an employee so that's what i'm looking at and it's worked yeah. wonders. We have long-term clients. We have clients we've had for five years, and they'll they'll continue to use us because of the relationships. So, yeah, that's what we're yeah. interested in. You know, and that it and it protects both of you really. I mean, it you does. Know, you, it's not just about protecting you know the author, but it's protecting you too. You don't want to work with somebody that isn't going to be a good fit with you because if you can't help them, not only does it not help them. But it's just a waste of time for you. So it, it, it just it makes sense from both sides, which is why, you know, authors should understand that because they that sort of if they understand that, they they know why it's true. And it's not like, oh, yeah, he just says that he he talks to everybody, but I'm sure he takes everybody, you know, because why not? You get money. It's like but you do, but that's not how it works. Right. Because it's like nope. you can't. You won't make money on somebody who has really bad covers and is unwilling to change them and or that can't, you know, give a good interview and doesn't, you know, has no interest in being coached or whatever. And and, and that's just a waste of your time. Right. So it, it, it does is. make sense. Yeah. We work with creatives. This industry is is creatives and creatives to have success have to have some kind of business affluence behind them, because no matter how good their book is no matter how creative they are, if they can't think from a business perspective and they're only thinking creatively all the time, they they will fail. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, that's great. Like I like, I, I really, you know, sometimes when we have people on that have, you know, sort of a business or that they're, you know, a service that they provide, I really like when they um, come off and they are legitimate and how they do their business and they're they're mm-hmm. working in the way that um is fair to the authors and um you know and and transparently because it's just it's it's refreshing <laughs> there's i i think wow. i feel jaded like i've seen <laughs> so many more examples of rip-offs than of wow. legitimate stuff you know no I, i'm not about that i never have been have i have I canceled contracts and is there some people that don't like me? Sure. But I also have a lot of authors who are highly dedicated and loyal to, to what I do and, and our working relationships. So it's a trade-off. Uh, and, yeah. And I, and I know that that's true because that's how I heard about you and, and, and that's how, um, that's how everybody hears about hidden gems. So I know how important that yeah. is. It's like, it's, it's all about the referrals. And if you, if you do a good job with who you work for, you don't have to spend money trying to find new clients because they'll find you. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. That's how I found you guys. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I like that. Well, unfortunately, we are running out of time, so we're going to have to wrap this up because I think, Mickey, we could probably chat to you for hours <laughs> and, and maybe we could uh, have you back at another point. Thank I you so that. much for joining us. Craig, do you have any more questions for, for Mickey before we let him go? 
Well, like you said, I, I think we could probably ask questions till we're blue in the face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I think we've covered a lot. And I think that if authors listen to this, they're going to have a much better understanding of what a publicist can do for them and whether or not it's a good idea for them to, you know, at least consider the idea, look into it a bit and uh, decide if, if it's something that would help them, because it sounds like in a lot of cases it would. Well, thank you both so much for having me. And this was incredibly enjoyable. We'd love to come back sometime. So, Mickey, if people want to find Creative Edge Media, I'm sorry my camera's moving back and forth. My cat is doing weird stuff behind the seats. Um, How do they find you? So my website is www.creative-edge.services. And everything is there. My client list is there. My contact page is there. My social links are there. Everything is there. Great. We'll put a link down below uh, of, th- of this uh, video. So if anyone wants to, to check you Great. out, go and do so. But I think this has been an incredibly valuable conversation. And we're really, really excited to have had you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah, you again, thanks. guys. Appreciate this. So we're going to wrap this up. If you liked what Mickey had to say, make sure you give him some love with a, a click of that like button. Leave a comment down below. If you haven't done so, subscribe, whether you're listening on YouTube or wherever you you get your favorite podcasts. And yeah, Craig, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think think you're right. I think we'll probably end up hearing from Mickey again. So I look forward to that. That is fantastic. Well, stay tuned and we'll be back next week with another special guest on another episode of Fully Booked. Thank you so much. (laughs) 